Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one true God. Amen. Before the Ten Commandments were given to the Jewish people by God through Moses at Mount Sinai, the people of God had an understanding of what was right and wrong. You can see this in Genesis chapter 4 verse 6 in the story of Abel and Cain. Abel and Cain were sons of Adam and Eve. Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. Abel and Cain brought their offering to God. God accepted the offering of Abel, but for Cain it was not so. And so Cain questioned God, because in those days they spoke directly to God. And God responded by saying, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Sin desires for you, but you can rule over it. And so here we have an understanding of what sin is, of what right and wrong is. However, it was only until the Ten Commandments were given to the Jewish people that what was right and wrong is now codified. It's put into a list. And so, the story goes, Cain, out of jealousy, kills his brother Abel. And so therefore now, the Jewish people can look at the act of a brother killing a brother and reference it to the Decalogue and say, yes, that is murder. And so the Ten Commandments becomes a reference point for the Jewish people. However, sin still reigned even though the Ten Commandments were given to the Jewish people. It not only reigned, there was now the knowledge of sin. The fact that what we do, which is wrong and sinful, can be referred to in the Decalogue. And those sins, idolatry, covetousness, stealing, all of those which were listed now brought into the world the knowledge of sin. Because you can no longer escape bad behavior because there was 
a reference point. And this knowledge of sin, as the Apostle Paul says, brought forth condemnation. Condemnation is when a person sins, feels remorseful, regret, sorrow, but there is no true recourse to reconciliation that is equal or more valuable than the sin that was committed by the person. But thanks be to God that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on the cross and to shed His blood as a sacrifice for you and for me. And so when the Apostle Paul says, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, for we walk not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, he is saying, we have no condemnation in our lives because we have Christ. Yes, God gave the Jewish people an opportunity to atone for their sins, as you can see in Leviticus chapter 16, by sacrificing an animal, such as two turtle doves or a lamb. But even God knew that would not satisfy. It would not be sufficient enough because there's no equality there. How can my sin, which is performed or conducted by me, a child of God, be cleansed through the sacrifice of an animal. The Bible says clearly in Genesis that we have dominion over the animals, that we are created higher than the animals. And so therefore, there needed to be an equality in order for sin to be forgiven. And so Jesus Christ provides that equality. He is a man, a person, like you and me. And so when He died, His death satisfied. His death was rather more valuable than any other sacrifice that was given in the temple. So therefore, you and I, born as Christians, Living as Christians, we can declare with confidence and boldness that we have no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus. So when we sin, because we're still sinners, the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. No, not one is righteous. We are still sinful people, nevertheless. But when we sin, we seek repentance, we seek the grace of God, and we pray, we fast, but we do not go into despair. We do not go into an area of darkness in our lives. But we bounce back up and we keep going. 
Because why? The condemnation is lifted. And there is no condemnation for a Christian when we are in Christ. And so there are two cardinal messages that I want to explain this doctrine even further. First, when we say there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, it's not a license to sin. Anyone who takes the grace of God, and the grace of God, if you look at the Word of God, in its totality, is our relationship with Jesus Christ and His love showered upon our lives. And so no Christian, unless you are a Christian by label only, will abuse the fact that there is no condemnation on us. Rather, we will grow. You see, the grace of God allows us to grow. The love of God allows us to grow. It doesn't allow us to abuse the grace of God. And so, there's no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. So, I have more forgiveness. I have more mercy on my spouse. I have more compassion. More love. This idea of more is what happens when a Christian truly embodies the words of the Apostle Paul. There is no condemnation because I am in Christ Jesus. And secondly, if we have no condemnation in Jesus Christ, it goes back to what I pointed out earlier, that for you and I, we repent, we receive the sacrament of confession, we come to the body and blood and receive it in faith, but we do not go into despair. We do not go into area of darkness. When you truly understand by faith that you have no condemnation whatsoever in Jesus Christ, we might have those ebbs and flows in our life, but we should never say, God has left me. God doesn't care about me. God will never forgive me. God hates me. These are thoughts of the enemy, thoughts that come from the darkness that God does not want in our life. He wants to lift us to a place of light, grace and mercy. You are not children of darkness, but children of light. You are not people under condemnation, but you are people of freedom and liberty. When you have freedom and liberty, you live free from sin. It's not with rules and regulations that you are free from sin. It's not by the knowledge of sin that you are free from doing what is right and wrong. But it is because of the grace and love of God that frees you and gives you liberty to live in holiness and to live a life that is pleasing to God. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. And this is what you and I must understand in our life. You're probably here, maybe. 
having gone through certain bouts of condemnation in your life, isn't it? Maybe you're listening to me and you're feeling down on yourself. You feel that God doesn't love you or you feel God probably left you. I want to give you a word of guidance today. God will not allow you to fade away, to be cast away, to be kicked to the side. He loves you too much. Now I'm speaking to those today who want to sort of come back to God and to lay aside that condemnation that the evil one has put onto your life or some person has put onto your life because they don't know the word of God. And so let's pray, shall we? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Oh Heavenly Father, we submit before you this message and we ask for your blessings. Especially for those who are feeling a heavy weight of condemnation upon their life because of sin. Compel them, O oh Lord, to repent and to receive the sacrament of confession and to receive your precious body and blood. For in you is forgiveness and a complete cleansing of sin and unrighteousness. Lord, we submit completely to you. I ask right now, by the power and strength that you have given to me, that you lift up the condemnation that is on some people here today, that are on some people that are listening to me and that will listen to me. Take that weight off of them, for you can take that weight, and you have taken the weight on the cross. Give, O Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit to each and every single one of us. May the Holy Spirit abide in us, encourage us, and strengthen us to live a life that is pleasing to God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We right now pray for those faithful departed who have gone before us, namely Benicola Thomas, Venetia's uncle, and also a good friend of mine. Sabu Matthew, cousin of Linju Kochima. Hallelujah. So the Lord shows mercy to those who fear Him. 